0: The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio.
1: Hello there. Thank you very much for downloading the podcast this week. It's Dapper Dave here. We've had an amazing week of guests and fun. We've had Stephen Merchant on wrestling. We've had James Haskell going full mode. Keep listening to find out what that means. And James Martin, the chefing legend, sampling our love sausage. Again, keep listening to find out exactly what that means. So sit back, relax, grab a nice cup of tea and enjoy the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Now it's time for one of the tallest and funniest comedians on the planet. That's right, it's Stephen Merchant, here to... No, I I, I don't... I, I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea. You don't know why it's here? I don't know why I here. OK,
2: so it doesn't matter, because I, I now i have brushed up on my interview technique so well, I can now tell the world that uh, our friend here, our good friend here, and a colleague in show business, Stephen Merchant, has given up comedy, acting, uh, directing, performing uh, and writing to become a professional wrestler.
3: That's right, yes. Um, what I realised, Chris, was, you know, I've got, as you can see here even through these clothes, an extraordinary physique.
2: You have indeed.
3: And it was not getting utilised enough. I didn't feel that the fans were getting an eyeful of it enough um, and so I thought, finally, how can I strip down to a pair of tight briefs, get into the world of professional wrestling, yes. grease myself up and grapple with other fellas (laughs) so no I um, I like the greasing in the grapple eh?
2: they go very nicely together no
3: I I I, I jest with you of course I've not actually uh, given up everything to become a professional wrestler but I have made a film uh, about wrestling, and I had to do a lot of research for wrestling. And um, our producer on the movie is um, my dear friend and everyone's dear friend, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And um, by the way,
2: this is true. This is true.
3: And. Um, <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry. No, it really is true. Yeah, yeah. I knew him when he was in shape. No, no, and now you're making them think it's a joke again. It really is true. It really it? is true. So um, I had to do research about wrestling, and, uh, and he, I was asking him, you know, when you cultivate a wrestling persona, yes, yes. what do you need to do? And he said, well, you take you take a part of yourself, yes. and you sort of dial it up to a hundred. Yes. And I think I thought, well, what is what am I? I'm an English writer, yes. so here's my persona. See what you think. Okay. Um I'd come on. I'd be dressed as Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. I'd have the white ruff around the neck, yes. right, but shirtless. Yes. Um, oh, that's good! is that good? All yeah, right, look, yeah, that's right yeah, away. I got the quill. I got some parchment. Oh, good! I speak in a kind of old Shakespeare-y kind of "Oh, to 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 beat your arse or not to beat your arse, that's the question." Yeah, yeah. right. And, and then he's thinking hmm. that makes it so. There you are. And then um, my my name, my, sta- my stage name is as a play on the Merchant go, of Venice. Here we, go, here we go. The Merchant of Menace.
2: Oh! Right. Oh! Oh! But wait for this one. <laughs> it's too
3: good. Wait for this one. Please
2: don't make it any better. No, than Christopher. It wait is. for this
3: because you need a finishing move in wrestling. Oh, Come on, come on. you need a finishing move right so i get out a skull the fans are like oh he's got out yorick and then i and then my finishing <laughs> move is the the slamlet
2: oh, right the like slamlet. hamlet have you just made all this up is that good right did you make all this I made up it all the- up you are a ge- you're more of a genius learned. than i already ben thought you were which is pretty much the <laughs> biggest genius i've ever met <laughs> but what is it like to work uh with dwayne the rock johnson
3: because uh, he's effectively your boss wasn't he i suppose I suppose he was, yes you're right because it began with him and he was uh, the producer and like I say I'd worked with him before on this on this kids movie years ago called Tooth Fairy <clears throat> and um, actually we were in it with Julie Andrews dear old Julie Andrews and it was fun because um, Dwayne and I would improvise in scenes and um, we'd have a good fun we had a good rapport and then Julie very sweetly would just say uh, very softly uh, guys, I don't mind if you improvise, but if you could just say one of the lines in the script so I knew when to come in <laughs> with mine, it would really help.
2: So in the film, um, what happens is The The Rock and uh, NXT, which is the sort of um, sort of feeding pool for WWE in America, uh, when they go around the world, they sort of have auditions. Uh, they have ad hoc auditions. And one takes place in the O2, and her and her brother go and audition uh, for the NXT's uh, sort of uh, global coach, played by Vince Blimmin Vaughn. Vince Vaughn, exactly. By-
3: No way! Well, I have been a long-time fan of Vince. In fact, one of the reasons I got into this business was I saw that movie he did years ago called Swingers. Mm. And it was sort of a low-budget film, and it was just him and his mates who'd made it. And I remember I was young, I was about 20, and I saw that. And I remember thinking, oh, maybe I could do this... This was like just a bunch of friends who got together and made a film. And I thought, and it really inspired me. So, which is something I told Vince as soon as I met him. So I was really thrilled to have him because I just think he's great. And he's one of those guys, because we've seen him so much, we forget how good he is. He's just really funny and he can act. I mean, he's just terrific. He can act, but from swingers, obviously, we now, because he's been in the public
2: eye a lot, lots yeah. of things have happened to him. And you can see all his experiences in his eyes. And he
3: brings all that with him. Right, because he's playing um, her sort of training coach. And a lot of those people are former wrestlers and, and a lot damaged. of them are are the ones who are damaged they never made it they get heavily injured they uh, they have to sort of go into semi-retirement and they become trainers and you can see a lot of the sort of anguish and the torment and he plays that really well he got, he's got he got this great kind of lived in quality to him now as he's in his uh, now
2: the big scenes in America the WWE scenes yes uh, how did you film those with
3: those th- tens of thousands of people was that a real thing oh it was crazy the, the WWE gave us one hour to shoot at the Staples Centre in LA with 20,000 actual fans and they said do you have an hour and Dwayne Johnson my dear friend DJ as I call him I I took him down and he kind of came on to kind of compare it but the problem was we only had an hour and I said to him don't get carried away in the ring he went out there he did 20 minutes on the mic he's talking to the fans he's making I'm just screaming I can't communicate with him and he's doing the catchphrases can you smell and I'm like yeah we can smell what you're cooking mate get out the ring (laughs) and it was so stressful and then Florence my lead actress she was about 19 when we shot this she'd done about two weeks of wrestling training she had to go out there and recreate this match and she was just, she was amazing. She, I mean, I was terrified, but she just, ice cold, just sucked it up, went out there, nerveless, just absolutely crushed it. And she said at one point she was down on the mat. She felt like a real wrestler because she looked out. She saw this eight year old boy just going, You suck! <laughs> <laughs> to her, to his, and as an actress, that's never great news. But, um, but it's it was Not what yeah. they used to. But it, it, I think it gives a nice bit of scale it's and brilliant.
0: size to the movie. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky, the best entertainment all in one place on Virgin Radio.
1: It's time to feast our eyes and ears on a culinary genius who's taking us on a great British adventure for his brand new cookbook and ITV series, sharing culinary tales from Orkney to Padstow and Bristol to Belfast tasting some of the finest food this country has to offer. It's the masterful Mr. James Martin. Thank you
4: very much. Are you available for voiceover? You're better than me. <laughs> no, that's what he does. That's what he does. He's how, that's a, how good is that? How awesome is he? Because a lot of your shows... <laughs> you're, you're, you're signed up for the next one. A lot of your shows require voice <laughs> don't they? I'm, I'm in a voiceover booth for literally two Half days. your life. Oh, no. oh really? <laughs> Wait, really? Tapper Dave's your man. Sorted. He's yeah. cool, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Two days next year, you're done. Right. <laughs> and he may be even more handsome than you, James. I, I, don't I, don't I didn't that. think no, that no, was no, possible. No, no, no. I didn't think that no, no Right, well James, welcome to our new home. Hey this is this is probably this think? is this is like the coolest car, brand new car ever, isn't it? Look at this. You've hit the ground running, haven't
2: you? Well, Look. you know, thank you for your advice. Thank you for your for your friendly and caring advice. Uh, because of course you left a soul watcher on the BBC, Saturday Kitchen, yeah. after how many years? Ten years. I wanted to move because I felt it, the time was right and I, I felt the decision was more than right
4: to do what we've done. But in the interim period, you still have a wobble. You still wobble, don't you? Oh, yeah. You? Well, well, the difference is between, you're right, I had nothing, I had nothing to go to. I had, There was no there was nothing. I literally left and thought, well, I'll, I'll just basically have a holiday and see what else is out there and go back to the restaurant because I wanted to work at a weekend and that kind of stuff. And I've made up for it since then working in the restaurants. But I wanted to just... Just do normal stuff on a weekend, you know. Take the dog for a walk and bits and pieces. And I, I yeah, which
2: lasted a while, and then uh, the ITV came and came and they did a land grab in the James Martin household. <laughs> and so, and so tell, tell everybody how the show's doing well, now. Well, Saturday morning. Well,
4: the Saturday show's doing really well, but the, the, the show came about. The, the, the French show about. I, I got Keith Floyd's old Citroen two CV. I got offered to buy it from his daughter, and I bought it, and it still smells like wine in, in the back. And I bought it, and I just, most people come up with, you know, ideas, you know how a programme works, you've got a big A4 piece of paper, we're going to do this. It wasn't that, it was just a little chat about, I've got this car, let's go to France, let's follow, not in his footsteps, because there's only one Keith Floyd, follow my journey through France when I was a young kid. That was it, and... And we're off. And well, we're
2: so on your show, you have a right laugh
4: on your well, show. Well, we do everything in one take, Chris. We, we don't... We, the, the, I think food can be too clinical. It went the other way and then it... You know, cookery's not about, you know, sunlight glistening through golden syrup. It's not about that while well, it pours into the bowl. It's great, but it it really... <laughs> <laughs> really do you know what I mean? And, and you, when you see the pro see the programmes <laughs> and it's been done eight times, I know the whole that do it, and, and a lot of the food's been done eight, ten times and passes. Whereas all the food that we do on location is one take. You know, at my last dish that I did on the show, I was supposed to do this thing in in Rock in Cornwall on the on the by the sea. This tide was coming in and it washed away half my ingredients. We gone. So I was turning around for stuff, stuff was disappearing,
1: but you just keep going. It's hilarious.
4: <laughs> <So> <laughs> no, it's, but it sounds hilarious. It's I'm,
2: hilarious. I can't wait to watch
1: it. Please wish my gorgeous husband happy Valentine's Day. I'm currently preparing a love sausage for him. The lucky boy. That's from Michelle. From Sarah. I have a Valentine's message from my boyfriend, Paul, who's been working in America, playing with race cars. Vroom, vroom, baby. You are my everything, and I can't wait for snuggles and flumps. This year, for Valentine's Day, I bought my wife, Chris Evans. You can keep your love sausage. All she needed was a new DAB radio for her morning dose of Kristoff. Happy Valentine's Day, Fiona. Love, Martin. Please say woof woof to our brand new French bulldog, Sully. But remember, a puppy isn't just for Valentine's. From Laura, PS, we'll be watching Fifty Shades tonight. Hubba hubba. I don't
2: know what's going on anymore. James... (laughs) Do you still want to keep coming back? Uh, no, you're right. It's been nice. It's
4: like walking into a party that's been going on for yeah. about three days. After
2: coming back from what's, rehab what's for here? three months. <laughs> like- oh dear. So James, there's so much going on now. Suddenly in the studio um, it tends to happen a lot when you're here. Um, so I received one Valentine's Day card today. One. From okay. A, from a pie company.
4: Okay. Right.
2: And it's the Piglet Pie Company, and with the Valentine's Day card right. came the Love Sausage Roll. Now, what do you think of that? First of all.
4: It's 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 different.
2: It is different. Isn't it, it is
4: different. Not they... your usual sausage roll, but it's different.
2: Now straight away, I'm I'm touching it, I'm feeling it, I'm looking for texture, I'm looking for the the flakiness of the pastry. Um, I, I would imagine you'll probably do the same. I can smell the savoury, and I can smell the all, yep. the all the herbs and the the pepper yep. and the salt. And what do you think? What do you think of it initially?
4: It's got a proper amount of filling in it, which is what you want with a sausage roll. And it, you know, ideally, it wants to be made with um, a butter puff pastry, but some people do it with short crust. But that that looks the, the proper. Filling. As well.
2: proper filling and this is I, I sense that Piglet's um, Pantry wh- who this is from are a more artisan um, sort of more sort of personal uh, smaller uh, more focused affair than the international conglomerate that is Marks <laughs> and Spencer's and, <laughs> and their Ten a Penny love sausages which the only sent us one of after four and a half days of unbelievably widespread publicity however not that I'm bitter I or don't understand other. what it is what is it is it the shape what is it
4: well you'll find out in a minute uh, right. but,
2: but are we, we're quite happy with the love sausage roll aren't we from, from the pantry
4: yeah, but I don't know, what, what what is what is the idea of, is it supposed to be that sort of size?
2: Well, what Shape? no, that's the heart, it? it's a heart. Oh, so, that is, what did that you is think the... it was? Well, I don't know, I'm just looking
4: <laughs> at it going, what is that? It's a heart-shaped <laughs> sausage oh, right. roll. Okay, now You get know it. what a heart looks like. Well, like that's it, yeah. You're one of the it's big hearted guys it?
2: I've ever met. My, it's upside so, down. I'm sorry, no, you are. Oh, well, upside down looks like something <laughs> entirely different. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, something entirely different. <laughs> so, what should we taste that now or should we taste that later? Do you want to taste it now? It's up to you. You're the boss. Let's taste it now. Yes, chef.
4: Uh, Interesting enough, if if anybody's out there having one of these, the best sauce that you can have with it is is not... You know the classic brown sauce? Yeah. This one. Um, the best way to do that is you take that, take sultanas... You can say what it is. Well, it's not, it's not the BBC. <laughs> it's HP. Yeah. But, but literally, you take sultanas, soak them in water today... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a, only for a few hours and then blitz equal quantities of sultanas and that. It is the best sauce you'll ever taste right, in your life for the I, pie. I,
2: again, so you get your sultanas.
4: If you take sultanas, put them in water, water. for it, a couple it, of hours. They're so like they a pyrex. Up. Yeah, they yeah. puff up. Alright? Yeah. <laughs> just plain water. Yeah. Drain off the water right. and blitz it with that in a food processor till a puree, till a till a just equal quantities, right. brown sauce and that. It is Done. the best thing you have right. ever tasted. That's happening pie. in your house tonight. Okay. It's unbelievable.
2: Um, you, Heinz have sent us this today. Uh, Heinz have sent us... Can you read that, James? Okay, read that there. Heinz have sent us this really posh ketchup. Caviar? Caviar ketchup by Heinz. How much do you think that jar is? Uh,
4: if it was real caviar, it would probably be about 800 quid. It's 150 quid. Really? That's You're joking.
2: That's 150 quid. So we could put some of that on it, couldn't we?
4: Okay, we'll, we'll that. give that a go.
2: Okay. By the way, this isn't love sausage time. This is this is like the. You know, is just... If you go to the cinema, this is the children's television workshop <laughs> film before the main Herbie feature. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got <gone> in? Yeah. <coughs> Cheers. Chin, chin. Ching ching. Ching ching. Happy Valentine's.
4: Happy Valentine's. Happy yeah. Love sausage roll. Yeah.
2: Okay.
4: <laughs> oh. oh. Mm.
2: Right, it? Is there anything wrong with that? Proper
4: meat filling. See.
2: Is that completely fine? Mm. Yeah.
4: Not greasy. That's quality of the pork inside as well. Yes. Yeah, proper.
2: Out of ten. Good eight. Solid eight from James Martin. It's proper, that. They'll be happy with that. Mm, proper. Piglet's Pantry. It was worth a Valentine's card and the cost of the postage (laughs) and packing, wasn't it? They can put that on a billboard like they do with the movies, can't they? Piglet's Pantry. Valentine's Day, love sausage rolls. James Martin says... Just put it the right way up, the poster.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio.
2: Hot potatoes this morning. Yes. Hot potatoes this morning. Is a hot dog actually a sandwich? The Washington Post led with this. 2,000 words on it. Very interesting. Is a hot dog actually a sandwich? I now know because I've read their point of view across the pond. Mm. What's our point of view? I mean, if you want my instant reaction, yes. I'm going to say yes. I like an instant
5: reaction. Yeah, it well, is well, a sandwich.
2: Is it a sandwich? Yes. See, I would say no, my instant reaction. Now you've gone with your instant, I'm going with my instant. and Because a, super, a Supreme Court judge... Because um, so, uh, w- the Washington Post went to this Supreme Court judge and said, "What do you think in a court of law in New York in a court of law? Yeah. What would you wh- how w- what would you say? Would you say that a that a hot dog is a sandwich or not?" And then the lady said, "Well, first of all, you have to tell me the definition your definition of a sandwich because once you tell me that, I can then tell you what's the criteria that I have to judge on whether a hot dog is a sandwich or not." So I, I would I'm and by the way I pr- consciously I probably nicked that from her but I didn't mean to so I would say. First of all, you know, for me, a sandwich is anything between two slices of bread. But If it's a bap, if it's a roll, if it's a baguette, if it's a taco, it's not a sandwich. It's got to be two slices slices oh. of a loaf, well, I would say. Yeah,
6: well, if that is the definition, then it's not.
2: Right, but then one could go on to say, forget I exist and my definition. <laughs> so I'm sure you want to, do something. But forget I exist, right, don't look at me like that. <laughs> Right, so so forget that, forget that explanation. Let's imagine that, that 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 definition of a sandwich doesn't exist, or it is couldn't be more wrong. Okay, how about this? Okay, so you're saying yes. Off, I'm saying off, yes, off but the then bat. I would
6: also give bacon roll a, a sandwich let's status. Let's Stick with the hot dog. Mm-hmm.
2: Let's stick with the hot dog. Okay. Okay, so so you're saying you're saying if my definition of a sandwich was null and void, and let's say for the sake of this particular part mm. of the conversation, it is. Okay. Um, what if your hot dog is it a roll that a hot dog's in i don't even know what a hot dog is in but whatever that's in right Mm -hmm. if it was still hinged and it wasn't halved if it's hinged Is it still a sandwich? Does it have to be unhinged? Uh,
6: No, because a a bacon bat wouldn't necessarily be unhinged, because you could have a hinged bacon bat. And and I'd give that, as I say, sandwich status. It's either this or Brexit, by the way, just so you know.
0: (laughs) The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky, the best entertainment all in one place on Virgin Radio.
2: Robert Peston is um, now, he's broadcasting a show on ITV on Wednesdays. It's called Peston, and it starts at 10.45 on a Wednesday evening. Uh, But as it's recorded live from 8 o'clock, you can watch it on Twitter as as things are, are unraveling. So what might you get, Robert, on Twitter that you don't end up seeing on the telly later? Well, the thing you
7: definitely don't get is during the ad breaks on Twitter, we uh, usually make our politicians play uh, a very challenging and amusing (laughs) game. So uh, last week we had one on, uh, they had to try and guess the nicknames of various politicians or we asked them about their worst moments in life. And these things, um, so we had... Uh, who do we have last week? We we asked um, uh, various politicians where the, which, which particular circles of hell they wanted to um, inhabit. Uh, well, actually, put other put other, <laughs> put, other <laughs> put other politicians. Uh, Sorry, uh,
2: just uh, jump the gun. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's there's always a bit of fun. Um, it's an, it's a, f- a fascinating world uh, you inhabit. It's a shame though, isn't it? Because when poli- in the, back in the day, I remember the 25th anniversary of. I think it was any questions on Radio Four, and they invited a couple of the guys who were on the first one, and I think it was Cecil Parkinson and Roy Hattersley. I think I think it might have been those two, but you know, similar kind of characters. And um, and they, they, you know, they had the one. They weren't reminiscing. They said, "Okay, they're back," and they they gave them the issues of the day to deal with, and they just went they just went straight at it straight away. You know, bludgeoning, bludgeoning each other to death metaphorically, and now you watch Question Time or you listen to any other shows and they just back off straight when all the air's taken out of the balloon, isn't it, for heaven's sake? Isn't that part of their job, to get us engaged?
7: No, I agree with you. I mean, one of the things that is uh, depressing about some politics is the extent to which uh, poli- poli- pol- politicians don't really say what they think and they don't engage and they follow party lines and they follow pre- you know scripts that have been set for them. One of the... Um, slightly more encouraging things about the Brexit crisis is that politicians are having the same kind of nervous breakdown as the whole country seems to be having. And actually, one of the things I have noticed is, with one or two exceptions, even ministers now are beginning to say what they actually think. And Hold up.
2: time too. It's um, such a shame. But that's why you, you guys, you and Paxo uh, and, and the rest of the mob have come to the fore because you've had, to, you've had to keep us interested in politics because they're not and they used to.
7: Yes, although I do take a different approach from some of the other interviewers, which is I do take the view that we won't get uh, politicians to say what they think and to be honest if we spend our entire times trying to humiliate them. So although I think it's important to ask uh, challenging questions, I also don't think that the way that one does it is to start from the presumption they're all morons and idiots and we're just going to uh, make fools of them. I try to give politicians the space to at least tell us what they think and what they want to do. Then if they fail, then it's for the audience to make their own judgments. Um, and as I say, there, I just think there's an important distinction between interviews that are tough for politicians and interviews that are simply designed to flatter the ego of the interviewer. And get in the papers the next day. Yeah, yeah
2: I agree with that entirely. I, I like the fact you're on eight, because I can watch you now. I didn't realise you were on eight o'clock on a Wednesday. Because yeah. 10.45, we go to bed at silly o'clock because we get up at silly <laughs> I know,
7: o'clock, you know, I know. But, you can, but you, you can watch us on playback. You can watch us at eight o'clock on Twitter. The
0: best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio.
1: He's an international rugby superstar with over 78 senior England caps to his name and hordes of social media followers here to tell us about swapping bacon for Palmer ham and cereal for super smoothies in his new book, Cooking for Fitness. It's the brilliantly buff, James Haskell. Morning,
9: James. Good morning. What a voice he's got. He's great, isn't he? <laughs> it's like poured silk, isn't it? I know, I know,
2: I know. It's gorgeous. And he's good looking as well, actually. Yeah, also, he's just, he's, you don't know, obviously, he's the star of all these high-end TV ads. He's a producer here, and then we found out he works for like Highland Springs. Oh, really? Clearly. And and Mercedes, yeah. and he's about to work. We think for Heineken, we're not quite sure yet. Because
9: you know, with the problem with someone having a good voice, it's a bit like out of Wayne's World when you actually meet the guy with the incredible voice, and he's that small, weird dude in the <laughs> tracksuit. <laughs> that is always a problem because voices don't normally link up. Yeah. But actually, you know, I can see, I can see you've got the whole setup going oh, on. he's oh, the opposite, thanks, isn't he?
2: Anyway, James, welcome, welcome. Um, you are our bridge uh, between. Um, us old fogies and the youth of today, because you're somewhere in the middle, because because mm. you sort of know what's going on, because you're you're an Instagram sensation, you have your your own YouTube TV channel. How do you, how do you manage all that, my friend?
9: Um, one of my teammates actually said that I, you know, following me on social media, that he feels that there may be six of me uh, running around. <laughs> but I think I think to be honest with you. Uh, always being a professional rugby player, I've wanted to do things outside. You know, I uh, it's very important to kind of have different interests um, to give you that balance. You know, if you live every day through your sport, you know, when you have highs and lows, then your life reflects highs and lows. And I think it's important to kind of have different interests and health and fitness has always been something, you know, really important to me in my career. Um, and when it comes to kind of nutrition, uh, for me, it's a real minefield for people. I think, you know, if you go to anyone in the office, I'm sure if you talk to any of your, your fellow colleagues here, everyone's got an idea on what you should be doing should be fasting, should be doing the 5-2. And it's very complicated, so I kind of wanted to write a book that, that cut all that kind of nonsense out, really, and just made things actually simple and fun and, 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 and tasty.
2: Right, so here's the book. It's James Haskell and Omar Mezian, uh, Cooking for Fitness, Eat Smart, Train Better. It's a fabulous book. Um, now, I've got to say, first of all, the Mezian, right, Mezian, he's got a bit of a belly, Right. So yeah, you need yeah. to have a word
9: with him. Right, I'll get it. Because
2: obviously him. he's a genius in the kitchen.
9: Never ever trust a skinny chef. Exactly. Oh no, that's a good point. That's a good point. The thing with the the the, the, the book is actually it all depends on your your goal. So a lot of people recommend advice to, to individuals not knowing what they're trying to achieve. So there's no point in me telling you how to eat as a professional athlete, but equally, if you're on a fat loss plan or something else, there's no point in me teaching you how to to, to to build muscle. You know, it's it's very goal specific. So maybe Omar's is just to maintain, train to <laughs> Maintain. That's <laughs> so, maybe what it's about. It's
2: good, it's good. <laughs> but More from James in a bit. Here do we have in the sports locker officially Vassos. And they're on. Uh,
6: let's talk to Rupert Bell who is Talk Sports excellent racing correspondent and, um, and the poshest man on radio. Good morning Rupert. <laughs> Hello. Lovely to speak to you. Good lovely. morning Vassos. Lovely to speak to you as well. So uh, horse racing in Britain resuming today with four meetings. This is fantastic isn't it? Uh, It is good news. Uh, It's been very frustrating. Uh, A lot of people were starting to get disgruntled at the way the BHA were handling it. But I think they... They, they short term pain for long term game is their, is their uh, f- philosophy, and now we can enjoy some good racing. And obviously, with Cheltenham around the corner, not everybody's happy with the new regulations that some horses, all horses who haven't been vaccinated within a six month period, can't race at the moment. And so that means some high profile horses aren't running, but. I think you have to say that they've done their best to try and minimize the risk from
2: equine flu. Okay, and Rupert, big hot potato this year, uh, Grand National um starting at quarter past five for the first time ever.
6: Um, well, I think they they wanna later as as possible now for T V audience purposes. And it sort of fits between football matches. Um, you know, so that's what they why they like to go to go late now. Yes, it, it makes it a very long day. But in terms of TV audience, that drives everything. I think they've, they've been getting later and later with the start time of the Grand National. And quarter past five, it just means the good people of Liverpool will be getting... Um, will really be, by the time quarter past five comes on... <laughs> They will be in full mode. In full, mode. full
2: mode. I wouldn't <laughs> I, I could see you extending that sentence whilst trying to come up with the with something that is acceptable and also yes. well, I, gets I, across the... I come
6: up with on the right full
2: mode. I, full I mode. Do you know what? Lashed we, up. Basically lashed up. I think you got up and finished fourth with full mode, but we all <laughs> knew what you were saying before you said it. Well, hang on. James is here. James Haskell. James, you know, you, you've been watched by many thousands of people in full mode for many years yeah, now. Yeah. was like... your take on the full? mode
9: issue. Yeah, I think, full, yeah, full mode's key. I, I, I mean, I remember when I went to uh, I went to the Monaco Grand Prix and I was in full mode and actually, you, you were fined fine if you actually watched the Grand Prix so you had to drink more if you actually ever turned down and, and, and watched the, the cars racing by. So, I think full mode's essential. A lot of rugby fans get into full mode. As a player, luckily I've never taken to the field full mode. I know a couple of people have right. and uh, it doesn't end well. Doesn't end well. Nobody right. does right. full right. mode like rugby players do full <laughs> mode. Yeah.
2: Rupert, right. just before you go, sorry, we, yeah. did, we did say last week and we We weren't being churlish but we were just saying it would be a tragedy if um, this year's Cheltenham Festival eventually had to be uh, postponed because the horses wouldn't be able to race but then we did say uh, we asked everybody to forgive us but we couldn't help thinking this thought you know why why not why not not postpone the Cheltenham Festival because people would still go there without the horses racing Uh, don't get me wrong I know what you don't get me wrong on the fun side of things everybody with a ticket they've already put the time off work they can't wait to go they'd still turn up wouldn't they?
6: Um, Cheltenham is like... It it does draw people like a magnet, but um, I think the the key is, thankfully, we're going to have Irish race fans, British race fans, and by the first race at 1.30 on Tuesday, the uh, 12th of March, mm-hmm. that everyone will be in full mode for four days <laughs> of full-on paper You are ace. He really is. <laughs> well done, Rupert. Uh, thank you, Rupert, for coming on.
0: The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. The best entertainment all in one place on Virgin Radio.
1: Next on the show is a man responsible for breathing new life into an old story. It's taken the Evans household by storm, and it's largely down to the hard work and vision of our next guest. Please welcome the director of Sky's amazing new series, Das Boot, Andreas Prohaska. Good
2: morning, Andreas. Good morning. Welcome to the show. How are you today?
10: I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm I'm surprised because uh, I got an email on on Saturday that I got an invitation to be here. And if somebody would have told me this a year ago when I was in Malta, you know, shooting a submarine, I would have said, this person is crazy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, no no need to think that anymore because your your Das Boot, your your eight one hours on Sky Atlantic has literally taken us and our audience by storm. Uh, First question uh, that I have to ask you before I forget, because sometimes I get into views regret and I'm driving home thinking, oh, I didn't ask this. Are the submarines real? How many
10: submarines did you have to play with? Um, first of all, we had one submarine that was, you know, like a one-to-one model of a real one. Yeah. Uh, we uh, we found it in Malta. It was used for, for Matthew McConaughey's movie U-571 and it was rotting there. Right. So we brought it, we let it, ref- they refurbished it and then they put it on, a, on the transport boat brought it to, to La Rochelle where we shot um, the bunker scenes and then they brought it back to Malta so that uh, when we came back to, to, to shoot the exterior stuff it was already there. So then we had you know, uh, uh, visual effects submarines for you know, the whole uh, underwater stuff and then we had um, um, a studio set. Uh, and this studio set was about forty-five meters long, in separate sections. So you could, when because when the when the submarine is is on the surface, it's you know it's exposed to to the waves and to the sea. So it it, it was shaking and, and creaking and all these kind of things. And then, and then you could uh, shake every section, like for 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 water bomb attacks. So yes, that's that was basically our submarine uh, setup.
0: The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio.
1: He rocked us as a member of the Underground Sensations Tribes and is now stroking us softly on the head with the acoustic loveliness of his new single Next episode starts in 15 seconds Please welcome to the show the melodic maestro, Johnny Lloyd Good
2: morning, Johnny! Yeah. Congra- very very well. Congratulations on this this song. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very so, much. So beautiful. so beautiful. Thank jo- you. Johnny. for people who don't know about you. I know I know Dave uh, talked about you there. Um you you've been in the band called Tribes. Uh, Tribes th- a 3 year golden wonder. How many albums did you have out with Tribes?
5: Oh, <laughs> uh, we had two records. Um yeah, it was a great great time. Okay. Um it's between 2010 and 2013 we had a couple of top 10s and it was just great for us. Okay. Um and then went solo in 2014. Okay, when you
2: say you went solo, I mean obviously you know we, we're seeing the combination of some of that work now, but also you're big into the movies. I know this is part of a movie that's that's due to come out. Uh, but is it Rolling? St- Got no, um, Rolling
5: Stones. Yeah, I worked on the new Rolling Stones uh, movie. <laughs> 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 how, how old are you? I'm 33. How very dare you? How very <laughs> dare you? How did you get involved with the new Rolling Stones movie? The director called me up and said we need some guitar on the. Um on the new documentary about Bill Wyman, and I saw it, it was just great. And we worked about six months on it alongside Nathan Cohen. And and yeah, I've been doing a lot of TV and I really didn't think I was gonna make another record till last October and that song came, the next episode, and I was like, send it to my manager, and he's like, you should really think about doing a full album to this. And I've really enjoyed it. I've never made an acoustic record before. I've never made anything that was sort of like this soft and sort of um, thoughtful maybe but where,
2: where, does, the, where does the thoughtfulness uh, come from Johnny <laughs> how far do we go with
5: this conversation <laughs> we go as far it's, as you want it's entirely <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's been at the heart of the UK music scene bringing us the latest and greatest tunes since the late 60s soon to be taking his brainchild under the apple tree on the road it's broadcasting legend whispering Bob Harris morning Bob Ta-da. how's the hey, Mike Chris. compared to
2: the BBC mate let's have a listen say good morning world here
1: we go good morning oh there you go
2: Good as ever. So so, when Bob's on your show, Johnny, all, all you have to do is so uh, Queen Freddie Mercury discuss.
11: <laughs> I was <laughs> how a... many Freddie Mercury toys? Was... Well, you know, th- there was a, a documentary that went out on BBC a few months ago. Um, they asked me to do some filming with them in the the mid nineteen seventies, and for about two and a half years. <laughs> Uh, I was kind of just with them. We travelled America, round the UK, and we were just basically filming everything the whole time. And all that film went into an archive somewhere, which the band eventually discovered. This is probably 18 months, two years ago. And they knocked it into a brilliant... Documentary that went out on BBC Four uh, about six months ago, documenting the News of the World tour. We were in right across America. I'll never forget, actually, Chris. There was one particular moment because we were in Chicago, it was December, and uh, the temperatures there were about minus 15. It was absolutely freezing. And we flew in their private jet from there to L- Las Vegas, where the temperature was 82 degrees. Can you imagine the contrast? And, and as we touched down and the plane started taxiing, four... Limos joined us in a sort of motorcade on either side of the plane, and when we stopped, each one of the guys got out and got into their individual limos okay. and drove into the Aladdin theater, which is was '77. Well. Yeah, so they were
2: big, but they they were about to get bigger. Yes, they, they were. Oh my yeah, God.
11: it was amazing because we got to Las Vegas on the Monday, and they weren't playing uh, the Aladdin until the Thursday evening. Oh, so we had we had three days in Las Vegas. It was crazy. Did
2: they still make the gig?
11: Yes. <laughs> Just about.
2: Just about. The, See, the, the, Johnny, we've got to, Bob, can we go out for a coffee with you after the show? Can you tell us all the stuff you can't really talk about on the radio? Because I want to hear this, don't yeah, you Johnny? Me too.
10: So,
2: so, yeah. Pre-punk, just about, and post Pink Floyd at their zenith yeah and I suppose if you think about it in that context they would seem a little eccentric to say the least
11: yeah 73 was when uh, the first album came out so uh, 75 was when they did the Old Grey Whistle Test Christmas special which was an amazing experience Were you
2: hosted for how long?
11: Hammersmith Odeon uh, what well, Whistle Test yeah. Seven years
2: can you imagine that Johnny? At the peak as well, oh my the, the I mean I had time of a, a time Old Grey Whistle that was a whole different ball game, oh well. it's amazing <laughs> I
9: can, <laughs> I parachuted down Oh it was, sorry, it? In oh, it was amazing yeah, It was as good as <laughs> me Yeah you,
2: could, you don't need to tell us any stories because of the way you say Oh it was amazing
0: <laughs> The best of the Chris, Chris Evans, Evans, Evans Breakfast, Breakfast Show with Sky The best entertainment all in one place on Virgin Radio
1: She's worked tirelessly on the stand up circuit and via a stint in the jungle on I'm a Celebrity has become a firm household favourite Now she's heading back out across the UK on tour with Skittish Warrior Confessions of a Club Comic It's the beautifully brilliant the brilliantly beautiful Shappy Kosandi.
2: Good morning, Shappy.
12: Good morning. How well, are you? Very
2: well. Welcome, welcome. Um, so we could talk about the jungle um, you you had the golden ticket for the jungle because you were first out so you got all the fun without any of the stress
12: I don't understand why anyone has a problem with being first out because you don't get paid anymore for staying in mm-hmm. and also outside of the jungle there is a five star hotel with your <laughs> family in it <laughs> your loved ones so going out first means you spend so I won I'm a celebrity as far as I'm concerned it is, it is. and my mum won't have when I said I was voted out right first she goes you were not you were really Early for good behaviour.
2: <laughs>
12: I did. I just sat on the log politely until they let me out.
2: So well, that, I mean, and, and of course, you know, how far is that hotel away from wh- where the, the jungle is purported to be?
12: It's a good couple of hours. Oh, is it journey? Oh, okay,
2: so, so it's serious, serious.
12: Yeah, it, it's a serious journey, and, and a lot of people ask me is that oh, come on, do they secretly give you luxuries? I thought they did before they I agreed don't. to it. My my towel got muddled up with um, Stanley Johnson's um, quite late on and they wouldn't swap it. So we were all using each other's towels. We were washing in the same creek that we were washing our pots and pans with. It was, yeah, it sort of cured any sort of um, OCD I might have had. Or
2: germaphobicness.
12: Yes, germaphobia.
2: Yes, yes. Okay, and so are you still running?
12: I'm, um, yes, I'm getting back into it. Sounded like a no partly what the dog's for yeah oh, right, We're, okay. we are getting back into fitness and I've got a relatively new boyfriend who is a bit like cheers love cheers so, relatively new boyfriend from tinder shiny a tinder fresh ooh. out of the packet yes
2: from- how much does he feature in your new tour
12: he doesn't you know okay he will
2: do by the time oh, you start he, well <laughs> he's the
12: first guy I've been out with that isn't um a, a, like a comedian or something to do with the industry so it's it's he's quite shy and like why would you want to talk about me on whatever so I'm like okay I will oh, so you just, have
2: Discussed it. Though.
12: Yeah, he's not. He's not going to come to a lot of the shows. All right,
2: so he won't know. So he won't know yeah. then. It's <laughs>
12: not really about him. It's the fact that I met him on Tinder.
2: Right, so, so I there's think the whole Tinder. How how long is your Tinder riff?
12: Um. What since September? What do you mean?
2: How long is the riff in your show about ten
12: Oh, oh, not very long at all. It's 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 in because the show is about my twenty years on the comedy circuit, mm-hmm. or specifically the first sort of ten when I was on the club circuit, and part of that is the romances you have, and and what happens sort of on the road and all of that sort of stuff. So he features very very slightly in that how I you know don't don't um. Don't do that kind of oh, thing. Oh, you, you wandered away then. Luckily. I did a bit. Yeah. What were you thinking about? I just remembered this was live.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I sensed that you were thinking something that you weren't saying, and you were yeah, saying I, something that you weren't thinking. You
12: are a very intuitive man. Well, yes. It's not difficult.
2: You <laughs> <laughs> stopped talking on the radio. Yeah. That whole obviously thinking about something it? Because you stopped speaking. Do you know what? It's really hard. That's for... not intuition. That's just hearing.
12: <laughs> do you know what? It's really hard about being a stand-up comic is oh. that on stage in front of my audience, when I can see the whites of their eyes, I say everything but when you're talking on a radio show and you're aware that like people are listening that won't you know not necessarily know who you are I overshare and I have to rein myself in a little bit so that's why I trailed off you carry on (laughs) oversharing it's completely fun it's what the listeners love all right well I should have stopped bonking comics long (laughs) ago (laughs) and now
2: to say goodbye it's over to Dapper Dave
1: today's show was brought to you by largely the love sausage and sky but other products are available, such as... The Valentine's Little Meal Deal. A starter main in dessert, starting from under £5. Because nothing says I love you like a good bargain. Aunt Bessie's heart-shaped Yorkshire pudding. Because a roast dinner is always a winner. Say I love you with some carved meat. The Morrison's sweetheart steak. Papa John's limited edition heart-shaped pizza. Hot pepperoni passion, delivered straight to your door. And finally... The Waitrose £20 Valentine's meal deal for two. Because quite frankly, it makes it look like you spent more money than you actually had. Thank you
2: very nice much indeed.
1: The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. The
0: best entertainment all in one place on Virgin Radio.
8: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well...